This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop uh, Backstage Pass, Metal Shop Podcast, and and, uh, Metal Shop. We're talking with Kyle Beam from Undeath, Rochester, New York, death metal band coming out with lesions of a different kind their first record on prosthetic records uh first off how are you doing man how's it going over there in new york uh how are you staying busy staying sane during these covid pandemic times well over in new york we are doing good you know infection rates are down still and uh the weather's been nice hasn't been too hot hasn't been too cold so it's been chill and uh well, I mean, you know, everyone's got a lot of time on their hands right now, including yeah. myself. So I really, I was able to really get down and dirty working on a second LP and getting all that stuff done and planning out some like live stream shows and stuff and whatever. So just the usual. Wait, okay. So, so hold on a second. Is, is this lesions of a different kind? Is this your first LP or is this your second? This is the first one. So you're already working on a second. I may or may not have to keep that way under wraps. Not <laughs> sure, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's getting near completion. So you're pulling a full tomb mold, dude. You're gonna have like three records in a year. What the hell? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the label thinks about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the label, no, man, let's 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 talk about that. How, uh, you guys, uh, pretty relatively underground death metal band. You get hooked up with Prosthetic, and Prosthetic's a big label. I mean. Most notably, Lamb of God was on Prosthetic. Uh, some big, big bands on there. Um, they're signing up some really rad bands. Uh, what what got you on the radar of Prosthetic, and, and how did that process go? Well, uh, you know, they just reached out on Instagram. I got to be honest. They just they okay. followed us, yeah. and we were, we were all just kind of joking. Like, it'd be so crazy if they, like, reached out. And lo and behold, only a couple minutes later, they did. And I uh, – so Steve Joe – uh, was the one who reached out to me from prosthetic mm-hmm. and uh by all accounts steve is the man i have yet to meet him in person but from all interactions i've ever had he is totally the man yeah my friend jj and, uh, who sings for uh who sang for seven horns seven eyes and and he did uh does vocals for necroy theoy or however you say it he he loves that dude he says he he speaks his praise of that guy so okay very cool hell yeah that's good to know um, uh, but I, I asked him like, how do you, you know, how did you find us or whatever? And he was like, yeah, I just saw you guys on some blog spot and checked it out. I thought it was killer. So that's really, you know, that's it. <laughs> he's checking for it. Cool, man. So he's obviously plugged in and, um, that's rad. Uh, 
well, that sounds pretty easy, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, it really, it really was. It really was. So obviously we're in a time right now where no one can like play shows and, and really, I mean, responsibly other than um, obviously the live stream thing and whatnot. Uh, would you guys be on tour right now or would you guys be gearing up to support the like in, in a regular timeline? Uh, we were going to be, you know what, we might actually be on tour right now. I know that we had a just over a month long tour i'm not sure who if i can say who we were gonna open for but we were supposed to we were supposed to do like a full north american market tour and uh that would have been awesome it would be right after the album came out Uh and just like hitting every single city you know what i mean and getting people who've never heard you to heard you before to hear you and whatever so yes we would have been on tour probably just like everybody else and now no one's on tour and it totally sucks (laughs) What uh? What are some different ways that you can kind of like keep people's interest? Then aside from touring, I, I'm imagining just doing as many interviews, doing press, and do you, you know, stay active on social media? Anything out of the box that you guys are trying? Oh, geez, I don't know if we're doing anything out of the box. Wish we were, but I mean, just you know, keeping up a presence on social media, mm-hmm. keeping your like the faces of the band out there, and so when people. And like you just said, like press and all that kind of stuff, like that stuff is really important. Just like any kind of articles that say like, you know, what's your favorite three albums or whatever and a picture of your face, just like anything to get people, they hear the name, they see the name on death, they see the artwork and then they click through, they see you as the band. That shit, you know, like when you can't get out there and be touring and have your face up on the stage and whatever, like this is the next best thing, I guess. So that's, that's, that stuff has been really important for us during quarantine. Nice man, it sounds about right, and 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 so I'm curious about the name Undeath. So it's uh, it's simple, but it's like memorable. Everyone loves death, right? Now nah, we're fucking we're Undeath. <laughs> Who came yeah, up with I mean, the name? Uh, so I mean, in the beginning, it was just Matt, the drummer, and I. Okay. And uh, God, we must have went through fifty names before deciding on Undeath because yeah, like you said, it's you know we wanted something short and snappy and memorable. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of some ones that we had before. They were really, really ridiculous. Um, I think the, the closest one that wasn't on death was reliquary, but, uh, okay. it's not quite a used enough word, you know, like it's, it's snappy, but it's not like, it doesn't have the word death in it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't gotten more either for having our name have death in the title. <laughs> well, I mean, there's blood incantation, which has incantation in the title. So, I mean, yeah, bro. Yeah. If, if I'm going to be honest with you, that was like the I was like, yeah, if they can do it, it's totally fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, no, just you know, average name story. Just need something good. Yeah, and uh, just something to go with that didn't give me horrible goosebumps all over my body when I had to say it out loud. <laughs> it's no like Ash's Winter of the Dawning Sorrow's Demise or something. Yeah, yeah, it li- like exactly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's go back a little bit. Um, what uh, so what was your first album of uh, of purchasing on your own with your own money, even if it's embarrassing? Mine was no doubt Tragic Kingdom. So I'm not some like you know cool kid with like a freaking you know cd or something i it was no doubt tragic oh, yeah, yeah yeah what about you dude 
my very, very first CD that I remember buying, it definitely was a CD as well, was, uh, geez, it was either The Remedy by Seether or Down with the Sickness by Disturbed. I must have been fifth or sixth grade. Okay. I was very young. Spent my allowance on that <laughs> shit. Um, but yeah, exactly. Bro, I mean, that's a horrible album in retrospect, but geez, that, that really started up started up because it wasn't after long after that that you know i was like listening to that kind of stuff and slipknot and whatever dude and it's a gateway someone was like yeah, dude. yeah exactly and someone was like you got to check out death metal mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so but yeah and also do that no doubt that no doubt record's pretty good i still listen way to better it. than down with thickness oh i yeah love it well okay so uh no doubt was actually my first band t-shirt also uh i got it from target my mom got it for me what was the first band t-shirt you ever had Oh, very first one I ever had. Yep. I definitely think that it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Slipknot shirt, and I'm pretty sure that it was, um, oh my God, whatever the album would like spit it out on oh, it. It's got like a yeah. wacky cover. I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, these days, uh, I, I have way too many band t shirts. I'm actually looking at them right now. It's, it's, Kind of ridiculous, but it's okay. I, you know, I could think of other <laughs> addictions that would be much worse off. Um, what's uh, what's your like a few of your most prized band T-shirts that you have? Oh, easy. My very very top prize shirt is a. Uh, uh, oh my god! Hold on, is a Wretched Spawn tour shirt. Nice from uh, yeah yeah. It's killer. I I did not attend that that tour. I was like six years old or something, sure. but uh. My, my girlfriend picked this up for me, and I just love that shirt to death. It's like got a few riffs in the arm pit hole, but I never wear it. I only wear it for like special occasions. There you oh special occasions. That's right. Hey, I have some Metallica shirts that are like the wherever I may roam tour shirts I got at Value Village or Savers as they would call it probably um, thrift stores, and uh, those are like special occasion shirts because they're white and they're beat up. I'm like, okay, these. Oh. Oh, that's uh, yeah. fire, bro. That's flame. Yeah, so I, I, I uh, definitely only bust those out for rare occasions. So, Wretched Spawn, anything else that really comes to mind? Yeah, you know, I actually, uh, Autopsy just repressed, or reprinted, I should say, uh, Severed Survival. Nice. Uh, original cover, Long Sleeves. Yeah, and I pick one of those up. That one is, like, almost a daily wear still for, like, the last three months. Even when it's too hot, I'm just like, dude, I got a rep. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and my oh, my last one, it's gonna. This is gonna be. You know, this is gonna sound stupid. It's got to be the first undeath long sleeve we ever did. The crushing looking skull long sleeve. I really like that one. Hey, dude, if you a, can't represent your own, if you can't like get behind your own band and think that you like you love it and your your long sleeve is awesome, then why should we? So I totally represent. I, I agree totally with love you. that. But uh, yeah, those are those are my top three. I could go on if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what got you into, um, you know, the underground death metal stuff. So you kind of start with the new metal. That's your gateway into more metal. And then uh, what was like your first foray into like underground metal? And maybe like uh, what was your first band that really uh, blew your mind? And then did you get to go to any like local shows or anything? Sure, dude. All right, I got it. Okay, let me go on for a second here. Sure. So my very first death metal band I ever heard was At The Gates. It was Slaughter of the Soul. Yes, classic. Still one of my favorites. Yeah, dude. And honestly, go for yourself if you if you don't like that album. I hate people that don't like that album. <laughs> dude, but, so good. Uh, okay, so 
So that was real early on. That was like sixth grade. And then I got into Cannibal Corpse. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, I just, when I was a kid, I never really got into like super underground stuff. I really liked like Decapitated, but still like bigger bands, big bands that were on like pretty major labels. Sure. And, uh, and then when I was a, like older, like a teenager, I got way more into like underground, like punk and hardcore and like, in, like DIY, like basement shows, like anyone who would play yeah. And uh, so I was really into that kind of culture for a long time, still into metal and everything. But I, I got to be honest with you, until I was like 19 uh, and living in a city, because I grew up in the middle of nowhere on the country. All my neighbors are Mennonites and cows and Amish people. Yeah. So so I moved to a city, going to college, and I realized that, you know, there's actually this crazy underground metal scene and like all the bands are awesome. You know what I mean? So it was only probably seven years ago that I really got into that kind of thing. But, uh, I don't know, you know, it's cool. It's a good thing. Dude. Uh, I mean, some of those bands you mentioned are, it's funny because, you know, we're so in the weeds with metal and, and we would, and you, it's funny that you mentioned like decapitated or something is quote unquote more mainstream. Whereas like a casual fan of just like rock and roll music would be like, Whoa, that's super underground and brutal. But then whereas, yeah. you well, know, they were on like relapse. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that like, you know, a band people will be like, Oh, you like cannibal corpse. It's sellout. It's like, no, actually in the realm of things, it's still pretty underground, dude. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. But and there's like, like elitist. Another you know? thing is like, yeah, dude, totally. Uh, those people honestly have probably never worked hard at doing music in their lives because I'll tell you, Campbell Course probably works about 50 times harder to make that happen than like anyone else. That's why that happens for them. And they got them along the way a few times, but. Hell yeah. So I would never, I would never hate on Campbell Corpse. So, so you, uh, what got you into actually like playing music? Oh, I've been playing music for my whole life, basically. I started on French horn in elementary school and okay. chorus and stuff. Yeah. Um, I started playing bass guitar when I was 13 or something, 13, 14. Yeah. And I just kind of got into that. I really enjoyed playing bass guitar, practiced as much as I could. And then I realized, like, I wanted to go to school for music, but... <sighs> Uh, I wanted to go to school for music education originally, and okay. there's not really that many. There's not many music education programs in the country that offer electric instruments, mm-hmm. like as a as a main instrument. So I had to learn double bass. I only started playing double bass about a year before I went to college. I never was that good at it, but that was a huge thing for me. You know, you learn a lot when you go to school for music, or you go to school for anything. You're going to learn a lot about it, and like double bass is a really cool instrument no frets or anything like it's a really really expressive instrument there's about a million sounds that can come out of it yeah really good for learning like string pedagogy on so i started playing electric guitar when i was like 20 and uh that was pretty much i was like damn this is badass you know what i mean yeah (laughs) so i was pretty much went like i was playing double bass a lot i just stopped stopped practicing i would just play guitar all the time then I started writing a career writing music and then that's it, I guess, you know, just like kept doing that for this whole time until now. Well, okay. So before Undeath, did you do any, um, did you do any other bands? Did, were you in any, uh, like kind of projects before Undeath that maybe didn't take off or were kind of just like, you know, your own kind of projects? Tons or not, I shouldn't say tons, but you know, I was in like a bunch of bands in college with my friends and, uh, 
just like a lot of like indie rock, like we we lived in this house together, me and my buddies, and we'd have shows like every single night. And like our bands would play. I mean, nothing. Just like indie. I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast would want to listen to them, but uh, they're fun. They're all right. Yeah. Really good excuse to get super drunk. There you go. <laughs> um. But no, Undeath is really my first foray into being a band that doesn't play in your basement. Yeah. Like playing, even just playing at bars, like I maybe have played, before I started Undeath, two years, three years, almost three years ago now, I friggin, yeah, dude, I'd play, maybe played a bar one time. I'd never played a venue with monitors, so that's always an experience. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, kind of like what we're experiencing right now is kind of like a new wave of old school death metal or like kind of old school, uh, you know, influenced death metal. Uh, is that is that yeah. a real thing or am I just making that up? Nah, dude, I think that's totally a real thing. People would maybe want to disagree with you because they don't think that it's cool to like say that and that it's like a trend or like whatever. But I mean... So, well, yeah, I don't know I about a trend, like, but, a, but a movement, more so. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. well, I look at it this way. All of, almost all of the like bands in the OSDM thing right now are almost all around like my age. They're like mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And I just think that like we all grew up on that kind of music. Like, you know, like we listened to like old Campbell Corpse records and Morbid Angel when we were kids and not like Despised Icon or like Suicide Silence. I don't know. At least I'm talking for me. It's just like, this is the music that I like. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's like, why the hell? That music is so good. You know what I mean? Like, old school, late 80s, early 90s, death metal. It's so good. The songwriting is just killer. Like, the songs take precedent over everything. Like, the riffs are really important and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know why people stop making that kind of music. And we're like, actually, everything's got to sound like in suffocation. or like. And I'm not, I mean, I love suffocation. I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure why every band decided they need to be like brutal death metal or have like, like deathcore breakdowns or whatever. So I think it's just a return to form. Fair enough. You know, everyone's just trying to make good songs and good riffs. I, uh, I did an interview with John McKenty from, uh, from incantation. And I kind of asked him a question about that, like the new wave of, of death metal. And he was super stoked on it. He was like, Hey man, if, if people consider us, uh, you know, he's like us, a moderately underground band, I think I w I would say they're kind of more of forefathers of that sound, but he was being very, uh, kind of humble, humble. Yes. He was being very humble and, and just said like, Hey man, if people care about my band and are like, look to us as inspiration, then he was, he was very happy about it. And he even like shouted out some bands. He was like, yeah, I really like that mortiferum record and blood incantation and stuff. So it's really cool to That's see. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so on the subject of death metal, uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but we all know the like quote unquote big four of American thrash metal Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica, and Megadeth. If I were to sit you down and force you to create a big four of death metal, and this doesn't have to be American death metal, just big four of death metal for you personally, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to check every box, just you personally, what are your big four of death metal? All right, big four. And I'm going to go at this less from a personal thing and more from like maybe an album sales thing. I'm sure. going with Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Going with Morbid Angel. Yep. Uh, uh, and that's, you know, not Morbid Angel currently because I don't know if they sell that many records anymore. But uh, so Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, 
Suffocation's definitely on there. And probably, oh, the last one is always the biggest pain in the ass. I'm just going to say, I'm going with Obituary. Okay. I mean, they're a band that they're still kicking. They still play huge shows. You know what I mean? Right on, man. So that's a that's a good list. And and you could go on and on and on, man. That's the beautiful thing about it. You could say deicide. You could say death. You could say autopsy. Right, right. So many. All of those were gonna be there. Carcass, I was yeah. just going for ones that are that are like they played giant shows in 1993, and they're still playing giant shows. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question, and you don't have to try. You don't have to make any enemies here if you want to skirt around this topic or anything. But uh, you know, we both talked about t-shirts. We both talked about our love of t-shirts and everything. What is your opinion on the prevalence of bootleg t-shirts? Bootleg t-shirts yeah, online. They're cool. I don't really have an issue. Uh, you know, my band's not big enough to get bootlegged. So okay. if someone was bootlegging my, sh- I'm not sure how I'd feel, man. That's like, uh, I probably wouldn't be mean. I wouldn't like sue them. I might say like, Hey, can you send me a couple of those? Fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Bootlegging. That's one thing. Do you know, uh, I hate to derail this. Do you know cool shirts for 2069 on Instagram? I don't. What's that? So it's just, it's this dude. He's, uh, my buddy Dylan, uh, from Ohio, he just in basically buys t-shirts like band shirts in bulk from a merch store and then tie dyes them oh, in really cool ways. Like he's cool. really really good at and resells them. Okay. So some people take issue with that, which I just I couldn't believe. It's like so he's putting four hundred dollars per order in like the band and merch company's pocket, yeah. and like someone's gonna have a problem with that. Whereas bootlegging is different because they're not buying the t-shirt and they are potentially making profit off of not like an image that isn't theirs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I have plenty of bootleg t-shirts. Oh, me too. I wear them all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I can't uh, I mean, take on his... one way I feel like it's a, but but I mean, I'm sorry, I, also, go ahead, man. I probably have plenty of bootleg CDs too. So it's all good, man. I mean, it's, I guess it's yeah. not all good, but, uh, you know, I want the product and some of those bands don't make those t-shirts in, uh, you know, those designs. That's the anymore, other thing. So. That's the other thing too, dude. That's the other thing is like bootleggers these days, they know like, yeah, I'm going to make this fly ass design that everyone wants because the band's not doing it. And mm-hmm. to me on better quality yeah, shirts, okay, so how, yeah, that's the thing. How much issue can you take when you're not delivering like actual good merch? So, that, I guess that's 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 where I would be. It's like I hope that the merch that I'm selling people want to buy over the bootleggers because they because I keep the stocks or the the stuff in stock. You know what I mean? I don't know. Hey man, competition breeds like creativity. So you know you got people outside you know bootlegging your stuff. You better make designs that people want to buy it better. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel, dude. That's exactly how I feel. I remember... Uh, Lawsuits do not make creativity. I remember uh, <laughs> I, I follow the a singer of that hardcore band, that kind of melodic hardcore band, H2O, on uh, on either Twitter or Instagram, and, and Toby, the singer, like uh, posted some pictures of down in Mexico. Apparently, bootlegging is like super big, and uh, outside yeah, of like yeah, yeah. H2O, they were playing with some other big punk bands, and they said that there was like a merch like mall of of bootleggers outside the store, and he was like, "Yo, they have way cooler shirts than we do. I had to buy some. They have like way cooler stuff. What the hell? We want to get these shirts." <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so exactly, that's the thing, yeah, and it's like, how mad can you be, dude, uh, so the dude made a hundred bucks, it doesn't really matter, I guess. 
if 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 you know you want to look at it that way, it's kind of like, well, you know, you made it when people care enough to. <laughs> That's so true as well, dude. You know, like there's there's a positive spin on it all. Truly, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to be like oh, exactly that. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to the new merch and uh, and streetwear podcast uh, here, uh, featuring <laughs> Kyle Beam. Uh, yeah, dude. Okay, so here's a question: If you had to start a podcast not related to music that you felt like you could, you know, di- dive deep into, you know, people like a true crime, sports podcasts, anything like that. What's th- what's something that you feel like you could have a conversation about, at least like weekly or biweekly, with a friend? Uh, what kind of podcast would you do? Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Oh, a Dark Souls podcast. Oh, hell yeah. You know, actually, you said it can't be related to music, but I had this idea where I'd get metal musicians who play Dark Souls on. We'd fight a boss while I'm interviewing them. Oh, that's awesome. But it's it's, it's not music related enough. That's that's fair enough. You're you're talking with musicians, uh, but you're playing Dark Souls. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, are, you yeah, a, are, are you a Twitch streamer? No, dude, my laptop is from like 2002. I can't stream oh, okay. on Twitch, unfortunately. Fair enough. Wish. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, I know this is a little bit offside, off the topic, but um, you know, we're you guys are you know not touring and and uh, you know you're you're not like a huge mainstream you know rock band or anything. So I'm assuming you probably have to have a day job. What what's your what's your day gig? What's your uh, quote unquote Real gig. Jeez, well, I've been doing prep at restaurants. Okay. And like washing dishes, just any kind of bull job. They'll hire you without any experience at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Although I haven't been working during the pandemic. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, that's, that's what I do. I just do back a house bullshit and play the guitar. And that's it. <laughs> right on, man. Not very exciting. No, it's it, you know what it pays the bills and it's a job that allows you it finances your music uh, addiction, right? Oh hell yeah, dude! And food service is a great job because it's not food service is horrible. Don't get me wrong; it just sucks yeah. every day. But you get to take time off absolutely anytime you need. Absolutely, man. Uh, so yeah, winding down a little bit. Uh, this, this record is coming out uh, again. Lesions of a different kind. You've released some singles. It's coming out October twenty third on Prosthetic. Um, was there any discussion about like you know holding off until the pandemic like subsided, or were you like you know we got to get this out when we can? I don't. I don't know if waiting was ever on the table. Like we never discussed it. You know, like the album was slated to come out this year and we were wrapping it up and it, the the post-production kind of took a little bit longer because of coronavirus and our guy had to like move all around the damn country and whatever and uh so that held it up a bit but no i, I don't know if waiting was ever i think it was always going to come out and it's, it is like a little bit of an experiment you know because it's like who the hell's ever released an album during a pandemic before <laughs> but so far it's 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 going okay Right on, man. So, what? Uh, just give me a couple. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple words you could use to describe the record. If people, you know, are listening to this kind of going in blind. Sure. To me, I think first word diverse. I definitely think it's a really diverse record. It's not a death metal record where every song is in the same key or mm-hmm. every song just like a six eight in like in two hundred and thirty BPM or something. Like, there's lots of different kinds of songs. 
there's fast songs, there's slow songs, there's like the obviously really singly verse chorus songs, there's like longer songs. Um, and it's got riffs, it's got a load of riffs. I'd love to yes. count them all up sometime. <laughs> That's that's, great. that's that's all I got to say. You know, it's yeah, it's just not quite your average death metal record, I'd say, but totally still very death metal. I dig it, man. So, uh, my last question for you, dude: If you could pick a scar on your body, uh, what and tell us the story of how you got it? Oh, uh, geez. So I was doing back of house stuff. I was slicing up prosciutto Uh-oh. on a uh, big meat slicer Mm -hmm. and i just sliced the tip of my thumb off and uh yeah it was horrible and then so the next day though we were going to play our like third show ever it was at brooklyn bazaar yeah and like trevor sternad from black dolly murder was there and i just like had this big thing like band-aid on my thumb and it was like really hard to play but it was it, it turned out to be a fine show very stressful though dude that's that's gnarly. Speaking of Trevor Sternat, that guy is so down for underground music and underground death metal. That guy's like a champion of the Dude, underground. He is the man. Trevor is one of like literally the nicest and most genuine people I've ever met. I've only met him for like a couple minutes at a time, but he is totally the man. He was one of our very earliest supporters, like to be honest with you, and like awesome. he came out to like all like our New York shows and yeah, he's the man. Love Trevor, dude. And you're right. He is a huge proponent of the underground. That's so cool, man. It's it's cool to see him because, you know, he doesn't have to do that. His band is huge. He doesn't have to be reaching yeah. to the underground, and he still buys CDs. I interviewed him. He, you know, he's one of the people that still loves buying those physical CDs and, and, you know, supporting bands. He doesn't have to do that, but the fact that he uses his platform to support such underground metal is like, dude, that is a guy who loves metal. Yeah, dude, and who else do you know in a band that big that's that connected? You know what I mean? No like, that knows every new band. Like Trevor knows every yep. new band. Have you heard Trevor's new band also? No. All right, you might. This is pre-recorded. You might have to edit this out because I think that it. Never mind. I don't know if I should oh, say that. I okay. can't remember if he's using a secret name. It's on Caligari. That's what I'll. That's what I'll tell you. Okay, sounds good, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, dude. So, uh, any? Uh, oh, actually, one one last question for you. What's the best way to support you guys? That uh, you know, the money goes directly to to you guys. Well, you can find all of our releases on Bandcamp. Uh, all money from the first two demos, if you buy them digitally, you don't have to buy them. They're they're pay what you want. Give no money. Give a dollar. Give five dollars. Doesn't matter. Don't give more than five dollars because you're crazy if you do that. <laughs> So that's you can support us very directly by buying the demos digitally. You can pre-order all you pre-order the record uh, on Bandcamp as well. Uh, CDs. Uh, and if you want to find our merch, the main store we use is Holy Mountain. Occasionally, yeah. we'll do shirts through Inferno Screen Printing, and we just opened a European store with Evil Greed. Or I think it's going to open very soon. So if you're in Europe and you want to get some merch without crazy shipping costs, hit them up. Right on, man. Well, thanks very much for the interview. Any final words for the Seattle and Northwest audience? Oh, keep music in schools. I like that. That's it. This has been Middle Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 